At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, it's Holden Mavison. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. It is the weekend. It's Friday. We've got another round of Sweet 16 hoops. We got the Elite Eight coming up this weekend. I've got a lot of Nuggets things to lead with today, including how they did not cover um, last night. It was it, it was not a good look. Uh, also, Michael Malone actually talks about his relationship with Nikola Jokic. Want to tell you about that? Going to look back at last night's Sweet 16 games and give you my best bet from tonight's games, including uh, my Kansas Jayhawks. I will not give a pick. I have to stay a little bit neutral there. No, I don't. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Let's go. Um, the Rockies win total released at Bet Rivers, 68 and a half. I'll tell you which way to look at it there. And then we had a fire inside Empower Field, and the Broncos made a nice signing. So lots to get to here. Nate Kreckman will join me right after the front range for the four biggest stories on the front range. So we'll start with this. The Nuggets and the Suns last night, right? Nuggets didn't cover the minus one. This thing went from four down to one because later in the day, we learned that Chris Paul was coming back. Uh, game also soared to the over. Not too many regulation games you're going to see hit 270 points, but that's what happened last night. They lost 140 to 130. I'm getting a little nervous here about this win total, but let me tell you what happened before the game. So Booker went off, right? Devin Booker had 49 points. Um, he had 17 in the first quarter. He was pissed off. Uh, the Suns clinched the number one overall seed, but what happened last night in the pregame, when they were announcing the Suns, they said, here goes Devin Booker. And instead of Devin Booker's picture being on the screen, it was actually Amir Coffey 
on the screen. And they had Amir Coffey's name up there and they had the Jumbotron just filled up with this stuff. And Booker after the game said, oh, blank, that was disrespectful. And he also says he thinks it was purposeful. Uh, he said that he just didn't realize that the Clippers were here the other night is the big problem. Um, anyways, he's off base. The, the Denver, whoever is up there with the Nuggets, their game day production crew, uh, you need a scolding. You just can't get that done. You don't want to give opposing players even more fuel. So what happened, Booker came out and just sat down and crushed the Nuggets last night. That wasn't the only reason they lost, though. I mean, there, there's a lot of, a lot of reasons. Um, they had 17 turnovers. They continue to struggle in the second half. They have these good halves. I mean, maybe that's something we look at, especially come playoff time, or maybe during the games here to, to finish the season because there is now a pattern. Start hot and just fade in the second half. No bueno, my friends. Now, the good news is the Nuggets had seven players in double figures, and they shot almost 60% from the field, and they shot 47% from three. And Bones had another great night. Although he kind of went quiet late, he actually played in crunch time, which is nice to see. Had 23 points, went four of eight from behind the arc. So it was nice to see him playing down the stretch. All right, that's the first thing uh, to look at with that game last night, the loss. There's a couple other things we need to look at too. Jokic had a minus 15. So a plus minus of 15. And I said this earlier in the week, and I'll say it again. If this Nuggets team ends up in the play-in game, I think votes will go from Jokic, despite still being the best player in the world and still being more valuable to his team. I think then the voters that are on the fence just start saying to themselves, eh, no, nah, let's go with Embiid. You know, his team's one of the top in the East. And then you got the Nuggets who have to go into the play-in game. So I think that's concerning. Uh, the, the play has waned a little bit as of late as well. I think that just all the minutes, all the wear and tear is starting to get to him a little bit. And there's proof that Embiid's case continues to grow because now uh, he's, he's still down there at minus 162. We saw it at 136 a couple of weeks ago. We saw it um, in the 130s, I think even last week. Now we're all the way up to 162 for Embiid. Heavy, heavy favorite. And Jokic, who flirted with about 120, is now down to plus 140. So if you think he's going to turn it around and get this team, you know, in the, the sixth spot, maybe even the five spot, it's all right to throw plus 140 down. But at this point, there's no reason to hedge with Embiid at minus 162. I'm sitting on a plus 650 ticket. I suppose I could do that with Embiid, but uh, that'll be another conversation probably for next week or the week after. Now, one more thing on the Nuggets before we get to Malone and Jokic and their relationship. The other thing, they've only got, what, eight games left. So I'm concerned. They are sitting, they need five wins still. They need five wins to get to where I need them to be because <laughs> I need them to be a 48-win team. It's not happening uh, as of right now. Now, hopefully it happens, but they need to go five and three here down the stretch. And let me tell you what the schedule is, okay? They got the Thunder at home in their next game. The Thunder are 21 and 52. They should just smoke them. Never know, but that should be one of the five wins. The Hornets are basically locked into a playing game. That's on the road, but this team has played well on the road. Uh, as of late. So give me the Hornets, a uh, win over the Hornets. I think they can get these first two. And then they face the 13 seed in the East, the Pacers. Now, 3-0 and should be the record, but let's let's give a little wiggle room here and say it's 2-1. and 
Then after that tra- that uh, trip to the Pacers, then the Timberwolves come to town. That is a monster game. Now, the Timberwolves have the tiebreaker in just about every scenario. But if you can just win that game, put another game between you and them, Minnesota's still a game behind the loss column. They're still a game behind the Nuggets for the play-in spot or for the sixth spot to keep them out of the play-in. So the Nuggets are sixth, no play-in game. The Timberwolves are seventh, play-in game. No bueno. You don't want to be in that play-in game. Um, So the Minnesota game, I'm going to throw up in the air. I'm going to call it a 50-50 right now. Uh, Lakers, two times. One on the road, one at home to finish the season. They're at home. I'm going to give a one-on-one record there. Let's just, all right, so we're three and two with the Minnesota game, a toss-up. And then they got the Grizzlies, the number two seed. I don't know where the Grizzlies are going to be. Maybe they sit some guys. I don't like that. Um, But... For me right now, I'm looking at closer of a four to four, four and four as opposed to a five and three. So that over 47 and a half wins, man, they got to get to this 48. It's just been, they lost four of six. They came back. They had a nice win. Now they don't look good again. They're just beaten by a better team last night. I think it's as simple as that. And let's also remember Jamal Murray and Michael Porter are not coming back. It's just not happening. And they're, I, I am fully convinced of this. There's no news that has come out, but I'll say this. And, and Nate Kreckman told me this when I brought up that I thought Murray had a shot to come back. He said, I don't think so. It's too late in the year now. So for the Nuggets fans that are just thinking out of the clear blue, oh, we're going to get Jamal Murray back. You know, he's going to make an instant impact. Porter Jr. might come back. We haven't heard anything on Porter. I don't know what's going on with Porter. But as far as Murray goes, like, wouldn't we have known something by now? Either way, or more, more to when we know something, if he was going to play by this point. And we don't. We don't. So I think you have to go under the assumption, I am going under the assumption, that Murray's out, Porter's out, and these are the guys that they have to roll with. The Timberwolves, by the way, I just want to say trying to stay out of that, that play-in game. The Timberwolves schedule is kind of tough. They got the Bulls, the Mavs, the Celtics, the Nuggets. And the Raptors, five of their last seven games against playoff teams. Five of the last seven. And the Mavs, the Bulls, the Celtics, and the Raptors are really good teams. And the Nuggets are a pretty good team, too. So, again, it's going to go right down to the wire. That head-to-head between Minnesota and the Nuggets is going to be the big one there. Uh, Last but not least, as far as the Nuggets, I feel like this is a big, gigantic, uh, front-range Nuggets because we've got like 4,000 things to talk about when it comes to the Nuggets. Michael Malone with the extension. I told you I liked it. There's some faults. There's no doubt about it. He's got his faults. But I like the extension overall. Well, go back to a couple of nights ago. It wasn't the Phoenix game. It was the game before. And Michael Malone was furious with the first unit. If you'll remember, he benched the whole first unit coming out in the second half. They were so bad. They got blown out. It was bad. And Malone actually was asked about that yesterday. And he goes, think about it. I benched the MVP the other night to start the second half. And I talked to Nikola and Jokic said, coach, you did the right thing. I thought you were going to send us home at halftime. He was so excited that he got a chance to play. Imagine having this guy on your team. Not only the best player in the world, but the guy that thought the starters deserved to be benched and probably not play for the rest of the game. He was excited to get back in the game. So Malone goes on to say, when you have your best player, who also happens to be, in my humble opinion, the best player in the NBA, willing to buy in and commit to be coached and be sensitive when he's held accountable and not to be sensitive when he's held accountable. So 
he, he's tough. He's thick-skinned. He's not sensitive about this stuff. He's a great player. And make no bones about it, Michael Malone knows he is the head coach of the Nuggets because of Nikola Jokic, more than anything else. He goes, having a guy that embodies a culture that we set seven years ago is just dot, dot, dot. He goes, I'm not getting an extension without Nikola and all he means to this team. I'm not naive. It's a player's league. And the relationship that I have with Nikola has a lot to do with the success we've had. So, again, for those of you that think it was just Michael Malone um, being this great coach and turning this organization around, I, I think he has a humongous part to do with it. But even he knows this. The number one reason why the Nuggets are in playoff con contention right now is Nikola Jokic, not him. I mean, Malone's great. You, know, you got to have a head coach. But... The number one reason that the Nuggets are where they are is because of Nikola Jokic. And the fact that Jokic and Malone are so close bodes very well for Michael Malone going forward as long as they keep winning some games. Okay, let's move on uh, to the front range for number two. The front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Uh, it's not a local one. <laughs> it's not a local story. It's a national story now. Boy, did we have some interesting, interesting basketball games last night. Uh, I was on with Thomas Casale. I brought him on yesterday. Uh, it, let, let's face it, it wasn't the greatest uh, night as Gonzaga was upset. Absolutely shocking that Arkansas won. I mean, Arkansas, not surprised that they hung in there with them, but for Arkansas really to play from ahead most of the game, Chet Holmgren getting in some foul trouble. It happened again with Gonzaga, and I keep getting questions. You know, why are these guys chokers? Why are they why are they frauds every single year? You know, it's not easy to win a national championship, okay? And yeah, you'd like to see if, if you've been good for 20, how many years is it now? 1998-99 was when I was there in Seattle at the NCAA tournament at their first real tournament run. They, they were playing in their backyard, really across the state, but they went from uh, eastern Washington all the way to Seattle. North Carolina was there. Stanford was there. Dan Monson was the head coach. I mean, th that's where it all started. And this program that was just known for John Stockton is now known as this college basketball powerhouse, but a lot of people think they're frauds. I'll just go back to my 30-plus years of being a Kansas fan after I went there. Did play-by-play -play for the uh, for the uh, basketball and football team for the student station. But how many years have the Jayhawks been the number one team in the nation over the last 30 years? You know, six, seven times. They got one championship to show for it. It is so tough. And more often than not in the NCAA tournament, the best team from top to bottom, the team that would win, you know, five-game series and seven-game series, those teams don't win. It just doesn't happen that often, uh, which makes what Krzyzewski's done with all the championships just so impressive with Duke. We'll get to them in a second. But Gonzaga going down, they're not frauds. They just got beat by a team that played better than them last night. And I think that what would have been best for Gonzaga is if the refs decided to call it close. It was a really physical game. Arkansas beat them up, and that's why they won. Uh, Michigan-Villanova, quick thoughts on this one. No one ever gives Villanova any credit. It's entirely possible that G. Wright is the best basketball coach out there. I really, I really truly believe that. You know, the two championships, what was it, 16 and 18? He's got him right back in the Elite Eight once again on the precipice of getting into uh, the Final Four. 
Uh, you got Texas Tech and Duke. That was a little disappointing last night. I know a lot of people were on Texas Tech. Duke just continues to go. Um, Boncaro with 22 points, four rebounds, four assists, and here we go. You know, it's it's not over. Texas Tech had a nice lead, too. They were 33-29 lead at halftime, but Duke down the stretch just got him. Uh, too much for him. Boncaro with 22, and uh, it just ended. It just ended. There was a big 7-0 run that sent Duke on the Elite Eight. And for those of you who don't like Duke, watch out. <laughs> I mean, everything went their way last night, too. And they are set up for a really interesting matchup with the, uh, oh God, with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Man, Villanova is going to face Houston. Uh, told you I liked Houston yesterday, and they really showed out. They blew Arizona out. Arizona was not in that game whatsoever. And here's another guy to talk about, Kelvin Sampson. Absolutely terrific head coach. Got a chance to know him when he was at Oklahoma. Um, got in some trouble, bounced around, and now he's got one more win. And that team is going to the Final Four for back-to-back -back seasons at Houston. Um, I'll say this one more time, or actually for the first time, I did lay a bet down last night. Now, the number isn't as good today. I think you're going to see it at three and a half on Bet Rivers. If it gets back to four, you take it. I'm backing Arkansas plus four and a half. Um, I don't really think that this Duke team is very good. All right, it is that. Hold on. I don't think that the Duke team is great. I think they are a very good team. They're not a great team. They're very inexperienced. And I think what we saw against North Carolina, I just can't get it out of my head how they got blown out there. Um, that was a major letdown. Anyways, Arkansas plus four against Duke. I got them at four and a half. It's plus four, minus 110 on Bet Rivers. Yeah, I'll tell you about that one, though. I just think the Arkansas defense at this point, their defense, their physicality, if they call this game super close, then maybe Duke uh, does come out on this. If you wanted to live bet it, you could sit back, see how the game's being officiated. But, man, I like Arkansas plus four and a half. Even if they lose, um, I think this is an extraordinarily tough game for Duke. And if Arkansas loses this game and you lose the bet, it's just because Duke's going to hit some free throws down the stretch. Arkansas plus 150, I'm not there. Do have a bet for tonight, but I also want to talk about the other games real quick. Uh, St. Peter's and Purdue on Bet Rivers right now. This thing went from 12.5 to 13 point favorites for Purdue. Uh, Kansas, my Jayhawks. This thing just moved from minus seven and a half to minus seven. I got Providence. So I have multiple futures on Kansas winning the championship. I took Providence at plus 290 on the money line when this thing dropped. It's now plus 245. So some money coming in on Providence here. You've got North Carolina, UCLA. I, I say this again, UCLA is kind of, UCLA and Villanova are the two powerhouses that are kind of forgotten. UCLA can make the run back to the championship here. Minus two and a half against North Carolina. Have not laid the bet down yet. Uh, waiting for this thing to get down to two. If we can get some more North Carolina money coming in before the tip. And then tonight's game uh, that I like. All right. Again, I'm staying away from the Kansas game as a Jayhawk. Don't want to lead you in the wrong direction because of my heart. Uh, but Iowa State, Miami, minus two and a half point favorites for Miami. 133. 133 is the total in this game. So both teams, first of all, let me just say this. They're awful at rebounding. It's just a complete wash. They're awful at rebounding. Miami playing a tighter rotation. They're four guards averaging double figures. The Cyclones have a really good uh, backcourt. 
with Isaiah Brockington, about 17 points per game. Tyrese Hunter, about 11 points per game. Now, the thing I'm looking for in this game is Miami shooting the three. They're not a good three-point shooting team, but they beat USC and they beat Auburn shooting four of 29 behind the arc. I mean, that is awful. And for an offensive-minded team, Miami's defense, they're long, they're athletic, yeah, that could give Iowa State some trouble. Now, Iowa State, I've seen a lot of them. They could play at different speeds, okay? And I think Miami comes out and tries to run, and I think Iowa State slows it down. Now, ugly, ugly games is what you're looking at with the Cyclones. They beat LSU 59-54. They beat Wisconsin 54-49. I don't think they get to 60 points in this game, and I really don't think that Miami gets too much past that either. I'm looking at this game maybe like a – a 64-58. It's going to be a close one, by the way. It's going to be a close one. 64-58, maybe a 62-57. I like Miami to cover, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. Official plays, Miami minus 2.5, and, and the under 133. Let's talk a little Broncos, and then we'll get to... The Rockies. So number three on the front range for the Broncos. What the hell happened with that fire inside Empower Field yesterday? That was a little concerning, right? Uh, upper deck, the video, the smoke coming out. Everything's going to be fine. They're going to have to rebuild that section of the stadium. But that was a little freaky. Just sitting there on a Thursday doing a show. All of a sudden, Twitter pops up. I see this big fire. Oh, it's, it's in Denver. Wow, that's not good. But listen, they got past it. That's great. Uh, number three in the front range, four, four biggest sports stories on the front range. How about the Broncos agreeing with former Packers tackle and guard, offensive tackle and guard, Billy Turner. It's a one-year deal, but that's your right tackle. And when you look at win rate for offensive linemen, at right tackle last year, Billy Turner was fourth out of all the 32 right tackles out there that were starting. He was fourth in win rate. So he's good. Now, he could be a short-term one-year solution. But I also think he's got a chance to stick around longer than that. He was with the Broncos, you'll remember, 16 to 18. But then he went to Green Bay in 2019 with Nathaniel Hackett. Hackett likes him. Love it. I mean, the offensive line's coming together. And basically, at this point, they need some cornerback depth. You'd like to see another safety, maybe some more depth on the offensive line. But let's see this. Let's just see who they draft. And I think you got a Broncos roster that is ready to go. Ready to roll and ready to roll. Excited about that. Way to go, Broncos. Great offseason. Hopefully they carry this over uh, into the regular season just for the heck of it. Let me go look at the futures again and see if they changed any this morning on Bet Rivers because I've been giving you this AFC West update and the AFC West report. And uh, here we are again. No, we're at the same numbers we had yesterday. KC plus 155 to win the division. Chargers plus 240. Uh, plus 260 for the Broncos and the Raiders at plus 675. So maybe that kind of evened out a little bit. Okay, let's move on to the Rockies, who just before the show ended yesterday, I was telling you about Randall Gritchick coming to town. More on that in a second. But Bet Rivers has released the Rockies' win total. It is 68.5 minus 114 at Bet Rivers. I thought they would post it at 67.5. It's at 68 and a half. Wow, that is a nice line. Um, nice line from the standpoint that it's tough to bet either side. Uh, plus 1,300 to make the playoffs for the Rockies. You bet a dollar, you get 13 back. You bet 100, you get 1,300 back. They are 50 to one to miss the playoffs. So if you bet $50, you get one back. Don't make that bet. Don't, don't do it. 
They're not going to make it, but still, don't don't place money on a 50-1 to one just in case. Now, the Rockies went 74-87 and 87 last year. Are they going to be better than last year? Are they going to be worse than last year? I don't know if they're going to be better. I mean, at least they started the year off with Arenado. They didn't have him all year. They brought in Trevor Story. The big question for me is whether that rotation is going to be able to build upon what they did last year. You know, last year, their top three starters, actually top four starters, Herman Marquez, Austin Gomber, Kyle Freeland, Antonio Senzatella, 54 and 52 record. So again, it's almost like looking at wins and losses, but at least there's a big enough sample, like 106 games, your four top four starters finished two games over 500. Uh, the problem was their bullpen blew 30 save opportunities and they went 10 and 28 against the Dodgers and the Giants. They went five games over 500 against everybody in baseball with the exception of the Dodgers and Giants. Unfortunately, you got to play those two teams 38 times again. Can you get 14 or 15 wins against those two teams? That would be nice to see. The good news in the division is the Diamondbacks won 52 games last year. They're no better. The Diamondbacks are just absolutely awful. And actually, um, that will be something I talk about more as the baseball previews coming up. If not next week, then the week after. Get you ready for this season because it's baseball time. I mean, they're down there in spring training. But, um, boy, the Diamondbacks, man. That is an absolutely disastrous franchise. And at least it's not that bad, you know? At least it's not as bad as the Diamondbacks. Some books, though, say that the Rockies are going to be worse. Yeah, they do. 74-87 last year. Pakoda, which is baseball prospectus system, they got him at 67-95 and before the Grichik deal. I mean, what does Grichik add? A game? Maybe two? I don't know. Fangraphs has the Rocks as 68-94, worst team in the National League, only Baltimore with the worst record. Oof. And they set the line at 68-and-a-half. It's pretty accurate, isn't it? Uh, quick thought on Randall Grichik again. Grichik coming in. From the Blue Jays, Tapia going out. Grichik, it's affordable. He's got two seasons left on his contract. He signed for 5-52. and 52. I think he's owed maybe 19 over the last two years. If it's 20, okay. It's affordable. But it's interesting if you look at the advanced numbers on these two guys. Because um, Tapia and Grichik both had a .4 war. Wins above replacements. Very low. It, does, it means that they are basically slightly, slightly, slightly better than an average replacement player, okay, uh, at their position. Tappy was actually better offensively from the standpoint of on-base percentage, but Grichik is slightly better defensively. He is in a slight decline, too, but Grich Grichik just offers more power. And when you rank 21st in the majors in home runs and you're the Rockies and you play half your games up here, that's, that's unacceptable. Unacceptable. Their outfielders were 25th. And home runs. So now what do you got? You got Chris Bryant. You got Randall Grichik. You got Chuck Blackman. And you got uh, Hampson in the mix too. So the lineup to me, where would you hit Grichik is the question. So Brendan Rodgers, Blackman, Bryant, Crone at the top. I think McMahon kind of slides in there. So you could either throw Grichik in the sixth spot or throw Elias Diaz in there. So I think Grichik slots in somewhere between 6, 7, and 8. And then Iglesias is down there at shortstop. It's not a bad lineup, especially if Krohn continues to do what he does. Bryant hits the 30-plus home runs. Blackman gets back to hitting for a ton of power. Rodgers, McMahon, all these guys. Hilliard could hit 30 home runs. 
I mean, you could have legit, legitimately five guys hitting 30 home runs in this lineup, and they're going to need to to stay competitive. It's as simple as that. But uh, as far as the bet goes, 68 and a half over under. For now, I'm just going to continue talking with people around the team, uh, continue to talk to smarter people than me, and I will definitely have a bet on that before the season starts. Okay, that was great. That was the front range four. Nate Kreckman, the cracker. Coming up next from Altitude 92.5 to talk about, well, a lot of things. And Power Field being on fire, the Rockies, March Madness, the Nuggets. Well, some of the stuff I talked about right there. We'll revisit and get Nate's thoughts on next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. No more football? No problem. Bet Rivers Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball, and more. Don't miss out on Bet Rivers' many daily specials. Or try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. Get started with life after football with the Bet Rivers app. Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Nate Crackman joining me for his spot here on Friday. Nate, um, Nuggets not looking good right now. March Madness at full swing. Randall Gritchett coming to the Rockies. I'll let you uh, choose your own adventure, my friend. <laughs> choose your own adventure. Which page do you want to flip, and where do you want to start? Uh, I will. I will tell you what. Let's let's venture on over to Ball Arena and let's visit with those uh, Denver Nuggets to begin with. Because uh, yeah, let's let's start on a nice down note. Sure. I mean, I thought this over forty-seven and a half wins bet was was a layup. And now you got to be sweat. Not only should you be sweating about a win total, you should be sweating about the play-in game. They got the head-to-head matchup with the Timberwolves. They've got a few tough games left on the schedule. I mean, how are you looking at this team going forward down the stretch? Yeah, I'm. I'm looking at this team first off. Yeah, the the adventure to get four more, or excuse me, five more wins uh, to get over that 47 and a half does certainly not look like. A sure thing. They should be able to beat Oklahoma City at home tomorrow night, but um, they lost at home to Oklahoma City um, at the beginning of March, so that wasn't all that terribly long ago. Okay, well, Charlotte and Indiana are both going to probably give you tough ones out on the road next week, and then the big one against Minnesota next Friday. Um, The Lakers are, hey, LeBron is still absolutely balling out when he's playing, so um, those Lakers games don't necessarily look like the layups that maybe they did prior to that. Memphis is still on the schedule. I, I, I don't know if I see five wins remaining. And yeah, I've got a, I've got a healthy two-unit bet on that over 47 and a half. So I would, uh, I would prefer they get there. Yeah, last night was really disappointing the way that that game closed out, particularly because they played so well against the Clippers. Like that was a, mo- a massive bounce back after. They looked as bad as they have all year long in that game against Boston um, last Sunday and what was a home game for the Celtics at Ball Arena. And then they come out against the Clippers. The ball's popping. It's moving. Um, and, and they played as well as they have all year. And then last night just couldn't finish. Now, look, Devin Booker went nuclear. And he went for 49. That team had a huge bounce in their step, getting Chris Paul back into the lineup. Aiton always gives Jokic problems. And you look at it and you go, well, Jokic shot. from the field. What problem did he get from DeAndre Ayton? Well, he only took 10 shots. That's, that's problematic right there. Like you look at it from last night, um, Gordon took more shots. 
than Jokic, and he made a lot of them, but not ideal. Bones took more shots than Jokic. Um, again, made a lot of them, made four threes, but not ideal. Barton and Morris both took 10 shots last night, and Jokic took 10 shots. That's just that's simply not enough for your best offensive option, and Phoenix did a great job of crowding Jokic and making it tough for him to get the basketball, and then at the other end, they shot 61% from the floor. Yeah. It Quite frankly, Holden, it looked like that playoff series a year ago where everything that Phoenix chucked up just went in, and that just seems to happen every time they play against Denver. They're the best team in the NBA, and, and they played like it last night. Uh, not a great move by the game day staff, though, putting Amir Coffey's face up on the Jumbotron when Devin Booker was announced. So and he, uses, that's the- he uses that. He's like, that was disrespectful. Then he goes off for 49. I mean, I think that pissed him off. Yeah, it's also very clearly like an accidental oversight. Yes, on, it was. On the part of the, the game day staff that I'm sure mm-hmm. over just overwrites the same file for point guard and shooting guard and small mm-hmm. forward for every single game. And, you know, some some poor dude in game ops forgot to change the, the, the headshot and... Devin Booker, it's smart of Booker. Use it, of course. Use it and talk about it after the game. But it it was also oversight. It wasn't something anybody did on purpose. Correct. I don't know why Booker really did think it was serious. Even after the game, someone had to tell him. But, I mean, the game day staff probably gave him another dozen points. So that's not good. Right, (laughs) right. Somebody somebody needs a slap on the wrist. Man, that dude is petty. Uh, He's also good. He is just He's good at what he does. Uh, Big mistake. He's, I, I don't know, is he is, is he is he first team All-NBA? Is he second team All-NBA this year? He's going to be All-NBA, and I think he's going to stay there for a while. His, his game has gone nuclear, and he is, to me, he and Paul in their insane competitiveness is a big part of why the Suns are as great as they are. He is the fourth youngest player in NBA history to get 11,000 career points. Wow. So he's behind LeBron, Durant, and Kobe. The dude can play. There's no doubt. Yeah. What did you think of the Malone extension? I'll just tell you real quick. I liked it. Um, He's not perfect. I I hear all the time from my NBA guys at my site. They're like, oh, his rotations are horrible. He doesn't trust the rookies. I'm like, you know, most coaches make a lot of mistakes in game. Okay. I feel like this guy has done a great job with the culture. And uh, he saved their season so far, him and Nicola. I I completely agree with you. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of factors that, that have to be taken into consideration here, okay? So the, the whole thing about him not trusting rookies, the mm-hmm. really, like, that all stems from the frustration that the fan base felt at the quick hook that he had for Michael Porter Jr. Um, his first year as a, as a regular player out on the floor. And to be fair... Michael Porter Jr. is one of the worst defensive players in the entire NBA, okay? And look back at that playoff series against Phoenix last year. It was just, okay, how do we isolate this guy in the pick and roll when they switch? Boom, let's do it, and then go right by him and get an easy bucket. Like, there, the amount of times that because Denver was switching on the pick and roll that Porter ended up one-on-one against Chris Paul, and Chris Paul was like, thank you very much. I will now move myself to whatever spot on the floor I feel like going to. Like, that is that is what Malone was trying to drive through with Porter. Here's the other thing is, yeah, he had a, a, a really low bar for mistakes with Porter early on when he was seeing the floor. But also, last year, 
in the second half of the season, MPJ was the best shooter in the entire NBA and was taking a massive leap forward. Now, he had the back thing, and he had to deal with the surgery, but Porter got to the place that he needed to get to. So you may disagree with the methods that Malone used. You can't disagree with the results of a guy that maximized his play and got himself a max contract uh, from the Nuggets. So there's that. Secondly, Bones Highland. Bones is in the rotation. Bones is shooting more than anybody on that bench unit right now, and he's playing out of his mind, but he went for 25 minutes last night. He's a rookie on a on a team that is right now a top six team in the Western Conference. So, yeah, there aren't necessarily a ton of minutes available to him. Beyond that, who who's the rookie that he should have been playing more? You know, like that that's what always drives me nuts about that particular criticism for Malone. Um, Jokic has developed into the best player in the world under Michael Malone. Jamal Murray has uh, developed into a borderline all-star under Michael Malone. They've won a playoff series every single time that they have gotten in. I think he's done an absolutely marvelous job with this team. Um, and I, I think next year, when, when they get Murray and Porter back, they're, they're a contender. They're completely a contender. Okay. So we've gotten the nuggets out of the way. Uh, what's more enjoyable for you to watch this year in power field burning <laughs> upstairs or the Rockies? Uh, kind of, kind of a similar situation right there. They're... I mean, just real quick on the stadium, this, these things happen. It was a little surprising. Yeah. I was like, Whoa, Holy moly. Yeah. There's smoke coming out of there, but it wasn't a big deal, right? They'll be able to fix that by season comes. So they're not going to be able to fix the Rockies the, by the time the season the fans comes will not two have weeks. to sit on charred wreckage. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. And <laughs> charred wreckage, they won't sit there. Uh, Gritchick coming to town. Nice. They got some more power. Yeah. Um, but. The win total 68 and a half. And I'm actually fighting with myself. Do I go 69 or 67 I'm, or 68? I don't know which side to go on. They're a bad team, but it takes a lot to lose, you know, 92 games in this league. I like the over on the rocks. I really do. Yeah. Pakoda had him at 67. Um, yeah, they, they make a move to add some more power. You know, Randall Gritchick is a below average major league hitter, uh, but he does hit fly balls and he does hit him in the seats. Um, Chris Bryant um, is one of the best fly ball hitters in the entire National League. So clearly, like in the very least, and I'll say this, I, I can see what they're trying to do. Um, I, I don't like many of the moves that they've made because I'm a rational, sane human being. Um, and how could you? But I, I at least get what they're doing in terms of building this lineup for this year. You know, Gritchick will play some center. He'll play some right field. Um, he'll probably hit anywhere from 20 to 25 home runs, which that's a good thing to always have at Coors Field. Um, yeah, and I, I think the Rockies, are they can win 70 games. They can absolutely win 70 games. I, I do like the over on them. Okay. Uh, last thing for you, NCAA basketball. Yep. What's your favorite game tonight? What are you betting? I'm going to stay away from my Jayhawks. I'll bet them live. I'm obviously very biased. Seven-point mm. favorites against Providence. Sure. You got It's National Peacock Day, legitimately. St. Peter's Peacocks taking on Purdue, 13-point dogs. UCLA minus 2.5 against North Carolina. Iowa State plus 3 against Miami. What do you like here? Uh, UCLA is, uh, even with the Hawkeyes injury, I think UCLA is my pick for tonight. Um, I said this coming into the start of the Sweet 16 that I thought UCLA and 
Uh, Villanova were the two most impressive teams in the tournament so far with a healthy honorable mention to those Houston Cougars, who quite frankly uh, may have taken over the top spot with that performance last night against Arizona. Uh, but I was all over Villanova minus four and a half last night, so that paid uh, quite well for me tonight. I'm going to stick with UCLA even as well as North Carolina is playing right now. Uh, the Bruins are my pick for this evening. I could absolutely come to rue that decision, but I've just loved the way that UCLA has looked so far in this tournament. Um, and Mick Crone improved last year. He gets his team ready to go. So uh, I'm on UCLA this evening. I'm going to take the points with Providence against Kansas. Um, I will bet Purdue and St. Peter's live. I'm absolutely with you on that. I think Purdue's size is too much for St. Peter's to be able to handle, but um, those Peacocks, they make threes. And if our mustachioed friend Doug Eddard goes off, they can absolutely stay in this game. So I want to watch the first half of that game before I really make up my mind on anything right there. So that's what I'm looking at. Mustachioed. Yes, mustachioed. Who um, said mustachioed? Right now, uh, if you're asking me who – at this moment and recency bias and all that, who I think is going to win the national championship right now? Uh, Houston? It, it's Houston. Houston. Yeah, they're good. They, they, they are good. Jamal Shedd is playing out of his mind. Um, they are they, – they're just – they're so long. They beat the living snot out of my fighting Illini. Um, yeah, and, and that that's a really good Arizona team last night, and, and they handled them like nothing. Matherin had a rough, rough game because they are just long – they defend. Kelvin Sampson might be the best defensive coach in the country. I think the two best teams left are going to play each other tomorrow, Houston and Villanova. Yep. And then Kansas is probably the third team there. And I don't know what to do with the, the rest. Maybe we have a different thought on UCLA after tonight. but um, And then Purdue, too. But, yeah, I think the two best teams are going to be playing each other tomorrow. Nate, talk to me here. What's going on? Freckman and Lindahl, Altitude 92.5. Yeah, 2 to 6 in the afternoon, every afternoon. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Nate Kreckman, uh, so you can follow me there and you know tell me I'm an idiot. Uh, and that's that's what's going on, man. Wonderful to hear that, Nathan Kreckman. Nathaniel, I should say. Excuse me. Yes, much thank like, you very, much like Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, there's an uproar, once again, uh, from some Nuggets fans. I'll tell you about that in just a minute. Wrapping up the Denver CityCast, presented by BetRivers. BetRivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, BetRivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to sign up. Must be 21. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, and 1-800-522-4700 in Nevada. All right, let's wrap this thing up here, and I'm going to go back to an oldie but a goodie. And for the last three years, Nuggets fans, as fans to that matter too, you haven't been able to watch your team. Um, if you have Comcast or really anything but DirecTV and you know one or two of the other local cable operators, which really means the estimation is between 75 and 80% of Denver with no access to the Nuggets. Now, what is no access? You know, whether people don't have money to get cable or to stream or to do whatever, they, to get DirecTV, um, there are a lot of people out there that can't afford cable. So I get it. Uh, that's something else. There's also the people that can, but just have other things to watch besides for the Nuggets. So they like the Nuggets and the Avs, but they go and they, 
get something else because it's not that important to them. And then there is a large fan base that just can't watch them. And it's frustrating for them, I'm sure. So Mike Singer, and, and listen, I've talked about this ad nauseum. I mean, we even got in with with Adam Mares, talk with Ian St. Clair about it every week. And, you know, Mike Singer's bringing it up again. He's like, what impact has the dispute between Cronky uh, and Comcast had on your relationship with the team? And, I mean, it's really amazing. Really amazing. Here, this guy, Alec Gwynn. My grandfather texts me after every game. It's a common topic for us. He has to follow along via the box score, can only watch the national TV games. It breaks my heart. I, I tell you, how often do I talk about the Nuggets and how many of you actually saw the game? It's tough. Um, you know, and as far as just getting cable, that's just where we are with sports now. Like the local regional uh, networks, if you don't have enough money to get cable, you're not going to watch a lot of these teams. It really is fascinating. Uh, it really is fascinating and not good. Um, here's another interesting one. Uh, I'm so tired of watching games and half the arena is for the visiting team. The Cronkies have completely screwed this up. I don't understand the pissing match here from the altitude side. You have two of the best sports properties out there right now. The most successful hockey team this year, and you've got possibly the back-to-back -back MVP where is the where are the number crunchers saying that if we give in to Comcast or these other cable operators, it's all over. We're going to lose money. It just doesn't make sense to me. I'd love to hear the rationale behind this. I really would. This is just dumb. You're hurting your product long term. Could you imagine if the Avs win the Stanley Cup this year? And then already hockey has a small fan base. Hockey is... The hockey fans always feel disrespected. I get it. I think in every single town you get like an eight to twelve thousand dollars. Maybe in New York and LA it's bigger, but it, in most towns it's like an eight to twelve thousand cluster of fans, and then everybody else is kind of like, yeah, we'll go, we'll check it out from time to time. Um, here, I wonder if there's even eight thousand of those fans just because altitude has not made them available. Okay. Um, and then there's a boy named Dana. He said this, I think a majority of diehard fans either illegally stream or have switched to direct TV. Now, first of all, I can't stand direct TV. I had them for a long time. They're the worst. Uh, they got bought by AT&T and their customer service. I've never dealt with anything more frustrating, but you know, you got to do what you got to do to go get nuggets games when your sports better and a live sports better. But I think he's right. I think a lot of people illegally stream the games, illegally stream the games. Some will go to the games, but it's kind of embarrassed. It's kind of embarrassing. It really is. And what if you have season tickets then, right? And you don't have access to DirecTV. Maybe you live in a building um, where you can't do it or you got to get DirecTV stream. It's just a joke and you should be angry. You should be angry with all of this going on. Um, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And hopefully sometime, someday, somewhere, we end up getting a fix to this, but <clears throat> it's not happening this season. And this will be a constant topic. And we will, we will probably talk about this every bit as much as the actual team in the offseason. It just stinks. It just stinks. And I talk to my friends all over the country. Nobody else has this problem except LA fans, the Dodger fans. And, you know, the Dodgers, they have to get a thing called Sportsnet LA. 
The Dodgers still make a ton of money on their TV contract. Ton of money on their TV contract. So they, they say, screw it. Screw the fans. We'll make our money. The people that are interested will stay interested. And that's that. Basically, what you're doing is you're just boxing out a massive amount of your fan base. And uh, I personally think they've got to be losing money on this. They've got to be losing money on this. It's almost inconceivable that they would make money uh, by holding games away from their fans and such a large majority of them. We'll just keep going around in a circle, though. I, this is horrible for the future. I mean, think about the last three years. You got seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 year old kids that are like in the prime of their sports watching and how they, they latch on to teams and they see, you know, the Lakers on national TV more than they see the Nuggets here. So they're just fans of other teams. And the fans that are pissed off that there's other fan bases coming in and saying MVP, MVP, like when uh, Tatum was in town, when you got Nikola Jokic here, well, Nuggets are doing that to themselves. All right, good luck tonight. Good luck this weekend. Have a wonderful weekend. It's supposed to be beautiful here this weekend in Denver. 60s today, 70s over the weekend. It's going to be totally awesome. Absolutely love it. Thanks to Nate Kreckman for hopping on. And I will catch you on Monday. Actually, Sunday, you can check me out. You can check, check me out Sunday from uh, 4 to 7 Mountain Time on the Mothership on VEASAN. And we'll be rolling through the live betting on the college basketball games. So that's it for this week. Thanks a lot for checking out the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers.